can do better than that. We see you, we honor you, we celebrate you. Amen. 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 You can have your seat. Thank you, guys. I told them you must not leave this place until I tell you you're leaving. That's what happens when you put the worship director up here. Thank you, guys. Can we appreciate the band, please? I was saying to somebody just before service started, I said, it looks like I've been given a very easy task, but it's a very difficult one. Amen. Amen. Since we are celebrating, can we celebrate one last set of people? Can we celebrate the young men in the house? Amen. So, as we look into what God has for us today, um, we're going to journey through scriptures and we're going to see what the Lord is saying to not just fathers, but men. Amen. Amen. Initially, I thought I was the most unqualified to be up here because I'm not married yet. It's what happened. Amen. Amen. Don't ask me about timeline. Ask God. He's all-knowing. Amen. <laughs> but before, before, we, before we continue, I just want to honor and celebrate Bishop Brian Green and ELC, the ever-elegant ELC right here. I want to celebrate. <laughs> they are true parents, and Bishop is a true father. I woke up to a text from him praying for me this morning, which is one of the things a father will do. He will cover you. Father, we say thank you. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to hear you. That the entrance of your word truly brings light. And at the end of it, you will take the glory as we are edified. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So my topic for today as given to me is Jesus, the man of God. Uh, you might want to say, Jesus is not a man of God, he's God. But it's not wrong. Amen. <laughs> John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was? Ah, okay. Let me give you rule, um, rules of engagement. Some of you don't know, I'm a teacher. Born and trained by a teacher and a pastor. So, this is class. Amen. Welcome to class. You will talk back to me. Amen. Amen. Aha. So, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was? Aha. Now you're, now you're in class. You know, but then we see from John chapter 1, verse 14... He says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is God. But he was here on earth, fully God, yet fully man. Amen. So we can see the workings of, God, of Jesus here on earth as not just God on earth, but as a man filled with the spirit of God, walked as God. Amen. So when we say Jesus, the man of God, we're simply looking at God made flesh to be the model for us to follow. So when we say Jesus, the man of God, we're not saying Jesus, the pastor. We're saying Jesus, the man that walked with God, that walked as God here on earth. Now, as our testimony from the finished work of Christ, where is Jesus now? On our inside. Amen. So men in the house, if we're looking at Jesus, the man of God, we're also looking at how we should be. 
as modeled by Jesus. Amen. Amen. Does this make sense? Uh, this is class. So. Welcome to class. Does it make sense? Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to look at three things, if we get to all three, that we can see in Jesus, the man of God, that we as men should model our lives after. And also for the women, one way or the other, you're either a sister, a mother, auntie, you, we can also learn how to teach our men, how to train our men. So this is not just for the men. This is for everybody. Amen. So three things you will find in Jesus, the man of God. Three things you will find, and I'll start with this. Number one, submission. We like to quote Ephesians 5 a lot, and we're going to get there. God told you know, he told the wife, submit to your husband. So the woman should do the submitting. No, let's read that scripture well. Amen. Can we shake the table? They asked me if I wanted podium or table. I said I want table. Because today we are breaking it. Amen. I know you people like it. You like that. See, I said we are breaking table and everybody's laughing. Amen. Philippians 2. Philippians 2. Let's look at that very quickly and we'll see something in Jesus. We want to look at submission. Philippians 2 from verse 5 to 9. It says, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So now we're seeing from this scripture that Jesus had a mindset. Amen. Men in the house, Jesus had a mindset. Verse 6. Who being in very nature as God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Verse 7, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he what? Humbled himself. We're talking about Jesus here. We're talking about God in flesh. Amen. We're talking about God in flesh. The Bible says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Even death on a cross. Verse, verse 9. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And we quote the rest a lot. Amen. So we're seeing something important in Jesus. Jesus was not just someone that was humble. He was the definition of humility. So as we begin to look at Jesus and we understand the, the, the type of mindset that he had, what the scripture says, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the what? The kingdom of, the word kingdom there is the word authority. So we are seeing in that that God is giving authority to the ones that are humble. No wonder he called the man the head of the house, because he expects the man to be the most humble in the household. So the, the responsibility of leading the house is that you serve. Is this making sense? So what, what it means that you are the head of the house is that you are the chief servant. The chief responsibility officer. You are not the one that does dishes instructions. Jesus 
leading the disciples, still did not think it was too much for him to serve them. What was he simply saying? I'm not too big to serve. Neither am I too small to lead. Understanding that is true leadership. So if, if, if the man should be the head, the man is expected to have understand the place of service. To have fully understood the place of service, diligence in serving, in humility. It is to the one that is humble that scripture says the authority in the kingdom is given to. Is this making sense? I did, not, I did not prepare you. We're just jumping right in. Let's go quickly to Ephesians 5. I'm going to skip some scriptures. Let's go quickly to Ephesians 5. And I want, to, I want us to read that scripture that we use a lot. You know, <laughs> Ephesians 5, 21 and 22. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 22, wives. Now, we're talking to men. We're not just talking to husbands. But we're going to get there. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband as you do to the Aha. Uh-huh. So, scripture is telling, scripture through Paul is telling wives to submit to their husbands. But this, that verse did not end there. It says, submit to the husband as you submit to the Lord. In that, you see a responsibility to the men. It's simply saying, when this woman is submitting to you, it should look like when she submits to me. You didn't get what I said? Media people, can I come down? Thank you. The director said yes. He's saying, when you submit to, when this woman submits to you as a man, it should look like what submission looks like to God. So what's that saying? She must see submitting to you like God. What does that mean? You yourself must have lived a life of submission to God that in submitting to you, it doesn't feel different from submitting to God. So, don't just say, yeah, yeah, the Bible says you should submit to me. Hello, sir. He's asking you, he's asking you to receive sub- the submission that you already give. Amen. It's checks and balances. It puts you in check, it puts her in check. So, no one is power drunk or power high in the house. Amen. Now, you have to understand something. Submission, Holy Ghost, help me. You don't learn submission. I'm talking to the young men now. Can I talk to the young men very quickly? I'm a young man too. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God, you people said I should preach. Okay, understand this. You don't learn to submit when you are married as a man. You will damage that woman. Because you will use that to practice. You people said I should break the table. You will use her to practice. You will gain experience, but she will gain scars. You will gain experience, but she will gain trauma. So you learn submission in the house of God. Amen. You have to understand that there is a serious attack on the young men and on the church. Have you not found that the ratio of young women to men in church is alarming? The attack is not actually on the men. The attack is on families. Why? These young men that are not in the church are the future fathers. They are the future husbands. 
So how have we taught the men to submit if they have not learned to submit to, if they, how have we taught them to submit to God if they are not even in the church? That's why when he started talking, I said, this man is preaching my sermon already. So submission is so key. We find it in Jesus. Jesus said it several times. I only do what I hear the Father say. He said it repeatedly. I only do what I hear the Father say. He is God. As a flesh, he could have just said, yes, you, that's what I feel like doing. But no. Even when he was about to be crucified, he said, he first prayed, he said, let this cup pass me over. But then he said, but your will, not mine. That is the definition of submission. So if we're looking at Jesus, the man of God, men in the house, we have to understand submission to God and all that God stands for is not optional. It's not negotiable. It's not a choice. I say I've given my life to Christ. What am I simply saying? Think about it. I have given the life. Why do I get to control what happens with it? That is a contrast. Think about it. It's not deep. I've given my life to Christ. So, it means it's even wrong for me to say my life. I've given the life to Christ. Because the moment I gave it, I changed ownership. It's no longer my life. It's now the life of God in me. So, I live that life in submission to God. So, number one thing we're looking at today is submission. Submission. I see this as urgent in the church today. Not just here, the church. Every meeting, especially, it, it kind of changes on Sundays. Men tend to have this religious attitude to come on Sundays. Check midweek services, then you will know the truth. Bible study, prayer meeting. then you will see the ratio, it's alarming. But when it is, okay, I'll behave myself. But when it is young adults, social. Amen? Okay, let's read the word of God. <laughs> that way you cannot say Tommy said it's the word of God. So, as we look at submission, it's also important that we understand the urgency. My uncle here, Yemi, was saying this, and those that are around me, they, they, I say this a lot. They, they've heard me say this too many times. I think they're tired of hearing it. I see God pouring into women, young women around us, because they're yielding themselves to God. But then what then happens when these women don't see men that are giving themselves to the things of God? So what now happens is that these young women that have spent time to invest in their work with God now have to settle for, for a man that cannot hear the voice of God. That's not God's plan. The, the, the equation is that you lead the reason why you can lead is that you can hear God clearly. 
You can lead not because you know where you are going. You can lead because you can hear God to know where you are going per time. So there is, a, there is a big urgency to bring the young men to the church. Not just to bring them to the church, but to bring them to a place of understanding submission to God. Which is a challenge for most men because ego is a thing. Statistically, you can you can you see it. Women tend to be more receptive because they are more tender-hearted. We were like, no, why would they see me crying? I can't cry during worship. Your street cred. See. <laughs> that is culture. But we belong to the kingdom. The kingdom has a different culture. A man that cannot bow in reverence to God is not worth following. A man that cannot openly worship Jesus and say, you are my Lord. You made me all that I am. I bow before you daily. is not worth following. We cannot continue to put it on the women and, and, and ask them to lower their standards. Men, we need to level up. She cannot ask you to pray and all you say is plus Jesus minus Satan. That, what? What? Dear Daddy God, um, I just want to, come on now. It's not in performance, but a life in submission to God, you cannot hide. A life in submission to God, what did he say? He said you are like a city set upon a hill, cannot be what? You, it will show. It's not in performance. Submission is so important. Submission is so important in the life of men. As we look at Jesus, the man of God, everything Jesus said. He said it several times, Mark, Mark 14, verse 36, John 6, verse 38. We see it there. Jesus kept saying it. I don't do anything of my accord. Only what I hear him do. What does that mean? If God has not spoken, he's not moving. Your intelligence might be saying, go here. You stay put till you hear God. Because then you know that you are in his will. So yes, we're talking to the men. But especially younger men. It is God's desire and God's plan that we champion the gospel in our homes. Amen. What does scripture say? When you have a question, who do you take it to? Take it to the, some of us, okay. Amen. Number two, come, I'm, I have to behave myself. Amen. Is the Lord speaking to somebody today? Awesome. Can we just say thank you, Jesus? Number two, compassion. 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 Mark 1. 41. Mark 1, 41. It says Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. 
It says Jesus was indignant. Indignant means feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. So the fact that Jesus saw somebody being treated unfair, he was upset. Jesus had a, he had compassion to see anybody suffer. Jesus, the man of God, had what? Compassion to see anybody suffer. Let's read a few more scriptures. Matthew 14. Matthew 14 from verse 14. It says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So we're seeing a pattern here. Everything Jesus did, he did not do because he could. Everything Jesus did, he did not do because he had the power. He did because he had compassion. 2023, we need to hear as men that having compassion or, or showing emotion towards someone's situation does not make you less of a man. It actually makes you more of the man God made you to be. This is the truth. If Jesus can have compassion, who am I? <laughs> who am I to form for who formed me? It makes no sense. So it's a lie that we have bought into. Either by culture or whatever. That no, no, you have to, to man up. What does that even mean? <laughs> what, does, what does that even mean? Statements like that should not even exist. Amen. Jesus had compassion. Look at verse, verse 15. It says, As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it is already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Verse 16. Jesus replied. Jesus, the man of God, replied. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. The easy way I could have just said, yeah, let, let them go. He said, no, 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 no. Give them something. Let's keep reading. Verse 17, it says, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered. Verse 18, bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. So we're looking at Jesus, the man of God here, that was not ignorant to the needs of the shepherd, of the sheep. We're looking at Jesus, the man of God here, that could have just taken the easy way out uh, to cost us less, you know. If you're thinking in the context of 2023, ah, the budget to feed the entire church, ah, we won't get approval for that. But he said, no. Moved out of compassion. He said, we can't just let these people live like that. If you read the other accounts, one of, them said, one of them said, we can't just let these people go like that. They will faint before they get home. 
So Jesus did not perform miracles because he could. He performed miracles because he loved them too much to see them suffer. Compassion. So how does this apply to us today as men? Like I said, this man preached my sermon already. He said it already. Yes, you have your family, but that can be all. We need men that have risen to a certain place that can, out of compassion, open their doors to teach other men how to get there. This is how the kingdom wins. The concept of God blessing you is not complete until you have been a blessing to another man. Think about it. God cannot be so small-minded that he blessed you only for you. Think about it. So as we look at Jesus, the man of God, there was something that was consistent in everything he did. He did out of compassion. What did Jesus do when he saw Lazarus, his friend? He wept. You can see there that there is a consistent pattern. He didn't just say, ah, I've come, power. Come out. No. He didn't. You know he could have done that. He didn't just come and say, ah, how many days has he been there? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's light work. Um, call everybody, let them come and see. Bring the cameras. No. No. Bible says he wept. Do you know what it means for a man, biological man, to cry? He wept. That's showing us something. We don't have a high priest that is, that does not, ah, oh my God. Is it making sense? We have to understand this. Think about it. Well, in fact, I'm going too far. You and I thought we knew life the way it should be. But Jesus looked at us, saw us heading for destruction. He said, what I will do is I will bring myself, put myself on the line, die for you that you might be saved. And even while that happened, he said, I'll wait patiently. I'll keep knocking till you open. That is love. That is love. You and I being humans, our nature being inherently sin. Think about it. We are so, let me not say we because we are the children of God. Amen. Human beings are so creative in sin that there, there are no boundaries. Think about it. This, this, the inherent nature of man which is sin was so much that when Lot moved, where did he move to? Did he move to Sodom? No. Bible said he was near Sodom. By the time Abraham would go, where did he find him? Inside Sodom will find a way to get to it. Man started getting creative on how to commit sin. God saw that, and he did not just say these useless ones. 
let them go. He said, no. I will make myself a man. Make the ultimate sacrifice once and for all. That on the account of my blood, they will all be saved. Paving the way back to me. There is no greater expression of love. This is who we are studying, Jesus. So what does this mean for us? It's time to open up and let compassion reign. As we celebrate Father's Day today, but truly as we celebrate all the men today, it's time to begin to look at everything through the lens of love, which we see from scriptures is the nature of God. So Jesus, the man of God, had compassion. He had compassion. I didn't think we would get to it, but okay. Number three. Focus. Jesus was focused. He was disciplined to the assignment. Amen. 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 This is 2023. One thing that has been on a sharp decline, according to studies, especially with young men, is discipline. All in agreement, say, God help us. So, I'm in the right place. Discipline. Let's look at scriptures, John 10.10. John 10.10. Can we, can we all read this one together? Can we do that? All right, one, two, go. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So before we even begin to look at how focused Jesus was, he knew the assignment. He knew why he came. Amen. Something that is central to not just men, but men and women. But as we're looking at the men today, is you have to understand the assignment. Invest in knowing the call of God upon your life. I found that it will be hard for me to actually move in compassion when I am frustrated with my own position. All I will do is project on you. Think about it. If I'm not rightly placed, I'm constantly upset. So that puts me in a more likely position to snap at you. Amen? Amen. Some of you, if you are sitting next to somebody that does that, be wise. Don't look at the person. (laughs) Some of you don't even have discretion. I said it, some people are like, no, no. (laughs) Have compassion. (laughs) Ah, people of God. You have to love God's people. I saw somebody go, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Jesus said, I've come that they may have life. So he knew the assignment. Jesus, the man of God, did not just come here to figure it out. You not say, God, send me and then let's see how it will go. No. But then if you look at the life of Jesus, this is God, correct? God in flesh. Bible says in the come of the day, he will go to the mountain to do what? 
To do what? To pray. What are we praying here? Are we praying for God? Now, one of the reasons why he will not lack direction on what his assignment was, was he was always in constant communication with the Father. Prayer is dialogue between you and God. You speak, he speaks back. Can I help you very quickly? Your prayer time should not only include you talking. If you are the only one talking, you are not being transformed. It is what God says to you that transforms your life. It's the word of God that transforms. Amen. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in my prayer time, if I'm the one doing all the talking, I can't grow. Think about it. If your words could grow you, you will have finished growing. I'll say it again. If your words could sponsor your growth, transformation, and maturity, you will, have been, you, have, you will have been God by now. But think about what Jesus, think about what Jesus is saying in Scripture. He says, everything I, I, I do, I hear the Father say, meaning he goes to pray, but not just to go and talk. Prayer must include receiving. In, that, in what you receive, your transformation is sponsored. Does that make sense? So we have to understand that Jesus knew the assignment. He was not, he was not saying, uh, I think I have an idea. Oh, no, no. He said, I came that they may have life. And not just have it in any way, have it abundantly. That's the assignment. In that, everything stems from. Can I help the young ladies very quickly? When he comes to you and he says, I like you, the first question you should not be asking him is not, why do you like me? The first question you should be asking him is, if I go with you, where are we going? If he does not know where he's going, you are in trouble. What are you helping? All right, let's focus. Jesus, the man of God. Amen. Amen. So Jesus knew the assignment. And we can trace that to the constant communication with the Father. He only did what he heard the Father say. Think about it. If Jesus is saying, I only do what I hear the Father say, and he did things every day, how often does he talk to the Father? It's math. Do the math. Aha. Uh -huh. So, it's high time that we have children that will stop saying, I had a praying mother. Can we start saying, I have a father that prays. He went to work, he came back, he's tired. But I heard my father praying in the night. I don't know about you, but growing up, I will, my mom will come into my room. 2 a.m., I'll wake up, but I'll keep my eyes closed. Because if my eyes open, I will join the prayer. So, <laughs> I'll, we're being honest, right? Once she opens the door, I'm like, that woman will come into the room. She knows you are sleeping, you know, she'll touch your head. And it's not soft touch. You know when they lay hands? <laughs> she will, mm. and not take that anointing oil. Not small, excess. <laughs> you'll wake up, you'll wonder why your face is oily. Sometimes it's water. She will, she will come into the room, sprinkle water. You are, imagine you are sitting there and someone just sprinkles water on your face. 
But I saw that this woman, this woman was consistent in praying. This woman was consistent in praying. And then I learned something from her. Let me help the woman very quickly. I learned something from her. My father was not like that. That one. He was not like that. But thank God he's different now. She understood that one person can do this thing. But one will chase a thousand. And two will chase what? You can't, you, can't, you can't make it up. So as she would do it for me, she would do it for my brother, do it for my cousins. She would go into her husband's room too. <laughs> and then it was just a matter of time when I realized that when I hear her praying, I hear him praying too. And then now, I, God is like it's a competition now. Who prays more? My father would say, oh yeah, I didn't sleep, I was praying. My mother would say, yeah, me too, I was. It's not a competition. <laughs> it's not. But see, we have to understand this. It is not the, prayer is central to the life of every believer. It's not gender-based. wait till there is a problem till you pray. You've turned God to a means to an end. Prayer is for relationship. First. Yes, we can bring supplications. Yes, we can bring requests. But prayer is first for relationship. You can't have a relationship with someone you don't talk to. It's impossible. How will you know he's God when he's speaking? We have not spent time with him to hear, his, to be able to identify his voice. This is why we pray. So as men, we need to understand that that direction that we need to have focus on the assignment comes with spending time with God. Jesus exemplified that. Nothing I do is of my will. Do not let culture trick you into thinking, ah, those were those days. It's not possible now. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. I'll close with this. Luke 5.32. Is somebody being blessed today? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 5, 32, can we read together? One, two, go. He was clear on the assignment. When you are clear on the assignment, this is the key to shutting down distractions. Here, today, and now, there are so many things that can distract us. Let me say that again. There are so many things that are distracting us. This is happening, we want to be there. That is happening, they want, they want to be, they want, you want to be there. Someone asked me a question one time. Oh, Jesus, help me. I'm about to get myself in trouble. Holy Ghost. Someone asked me a question. He said, why is it that we invite you for this, you will not come? You invite you for that, you will not come. And what is it? Is it only you that knows God? I said, let me come, let me educate you. We have this Bible study we do every Tuesday. I said, you come, right? The person said, yes. I said, if I spend all my time hanging out with you, when did I hear God to be able to come and preach to you? The person was like, eh, yes, but. I said, you see, the moment you say but, you are contrasting what I already said. Accept it. This is the truth. You have to understand that when you know the nature of the call, then you can know what to outrightly say no to. 
You can know what is of God and in, in his perfect will for your life and what is not. Is this making sense? So Jesus was focused on the assignment first because he had clarity on the assignment. And then he could be driven and devoted to it. Can we rise? So we, in this we begin to understand that Jesus, the man of God, there are so many things we can say about, about, about him. But as we look at these three, God is calling us, men, and then everyone actually, to a place of submission to him. Submission is not, I don't have a choice. The true test of submission is you can choose not to, you can choose not to, but you do it because he said it. God is looking for men that, will, that know that they have certain abilities because of their prowess or because of their financial status, but they limit themselves to what the, the Father has said by his word. In that, you find the definition of true submission. God is calling us men to a place of compassion. You are in a place where you can do a lot of things. Advocate for people that cannot speak for themselves. That was all Jesus did. Jesus said, I did not come for the ones that are good. They are good. I came for the sinners. I came to bring life to them, life abundantly. And in that, you could see that he was focused on the assignment. So many things that Jesus could do. He could have just commanded a mansion to... to, to he could have just said, yes, I want this, I want that, but no. The assignment dictated his desires. So do we have men in the house today that are going to repurpose themselves and dedicate themselves like Jesus, the man of God, to absolute, not partial, absolute submission to God, complete and total submission to God and all that his word says, not some, all, no matter the cost. Can we just begin to pray very quickly? This is your own personal prayer. Just lift up your own voice and just speak to the Father. That Lord, help me to, to be dedicated to that which is important to you. Help me live your life that is in me the way you have mandated. Help me to be compassionate. You said in your word, The, the only way to love you is to love your people. Help me to love, to be compassionate and to stay focused on the assignment. That modernization does not become such a distraction that I, that I fail to fulfill your mandate as a man of God. That I can see distraction but shut it down. Why? Your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin. That I can stay true to the assignment by your spirit. And as we pray, if there's anybody here that has not begun that walk with Jesus and you would like to this morning, could you please just raise your hand wherever you are? You would like to come to that place of, of living a life of submission to Jesus who died that we may have life, but not just life, life abundantly.
there's anybody, just raise your hand. I will just pray with you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Okay. So can we all just say this prayer together? I want you to understand something. The moment you made that decision to give your life to Christ, from that moment you got saved. Why? You heard the gospel and you received it. So now we're going to profess it together. So can we just say, Lord Jesus, I understand that you died for me that I may have life in you. Not just life, but life abundantly. So now I accept and welcome you into my heart. And all that comes with you. Thank you for bringing me into the light. And I pray that I'm strengthened by you. To continue to grow in my walk with you. In Jesus' name. Can we celebrate Jesus? <laughs> Bible says when a soul is one, there is, there, is, there is rejoicing in heaven. So can we actually celebrate Jesus? We can do way better than that. Salvation has to trigger more joy in us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Tommy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may remain standing because uh, we're going to dismiss. And just a, before I give the blessing, just a quick reminder. Uh, dads, you will come up here uh, for a group photo. Uh, the rest of you will uh, go downstairs and, and join the reception. And... When you're downstairs, and when I had mentioned earlier about uh, Honduras, there will be an information table that you can go to, and you can find out more about uh, our work, our, 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 the work that we do alongside our friends in Honduras. Amen? Please extend your hands ready to receive the Lord's blessings. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, beam, and show his pleasure on you. And may the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, and side with you as you side with him. Finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, and his prosperity his success, and remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, be blessed. Amen.
Come on up front, dads. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.